When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. It's almost Halloween, guys. You're listening to Inside of You. <laughs> oh, Ryan is here. Yes. Uh, thanks for listening. Thanks for making me part of your day. I hope you're having a glorious week. Uh, please spread the word on the podcast. Uh, subscribe if you're uh, if you're here for Ken Marino and you just want to listen to Ken. Maybe you'll stick around. And subscribe. Um, that'd make me happy. You could follow us at, at Inside of You Podcast on Facebook and Instagram at, at Inside of You Pod on the Twitter, which is right here and uh, very exciting. I will be in Denver October 30th and 31st doing a convention with Tom Welling signing autographs. I hope you will be there in Denver, Colorado, October 30th and 31st. Join me. A big shout out, shout out to my patrons who I couldn't do this podcast without. Uh, if you want to give to the podcast a little more, keep us afloat, go to patreon.com slash inside of you. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Um, Ryan, did you have your week? You went to a wedding? I did. I went to a wedding. Uh, so my friends from college got finally tied the knot. They've been together for a very long time. And Did you cry? I did. You did? Yeah. During the um, the toasts. Uh, the parents. Did you toast? No, I didn't toast. No. Uh, but no, the parents' speeches kind of got me because it, uh, yeah, you sort of think about time. My parents, if they spoke, I'd throw up. Yeah. I'd probably throw up. I don't think I'd last very long. <laughs> oh, uh, great guest today, Ken Marino. You know him from, uh, he's on a show called The Other Two. Very funny guy. Wet Hot American Summer, Party Down, uh, Burning Love. He's been in so many things. You're going to recognize this guy, but he's got a lot to say. And uh, I really loved him as a guest. Um, very open, very funny. Uh, Ryan? So funny. One so of the fun. funniest people on the planet. He is yeah. really one of the funniest people on the planet. So <clears throat> without further ado, why don't we just get into it? Let's get inside of Ken Marino. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. You brought over some treats today. I brought over some treats, yeah. I brought you some coffee. You brought. I've never had a guest bring me anything. This is the truth. I've never had a guest actually. You're like, hey, can I pick you up a coffee? Well, that's surprising to me. It is. Because uh, from the shows I've listened to, a lot of the people, well, have people come over recently? Um, or have you yes. been doing a we lot had, of- we, uh, we, had, uh, we had your good buddy, Joe Latruglia. And he was here? He was here. And he didn't bring anything. He did not bring me anything. All right. I'll, I'll make sure to let him know. You should, thank you. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll hold that over his head forever. I've had some guests here. Um, really nice guest, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who she didn't bring me anything, but she's always very thoughtful. She's actually gotten me some guests before. Maybe you could do the same after. Whatever you need. Really? I'm here for you. You're a full service. Uh, I mean, not full service, but yeah. I, I mean, I can I can get you some guests. You you can <laughs> if you'd like. I can certainly I, I ask sure, certainly like that. We always like funny people here. Well, I'll, then I'll see if I can uh, 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 you know wrangle up some funny people. That would be good. Yeah. 
So your wife, explain this. You have I have a all wife, these. Yeah. You have a wife. Yeah. You have two kids. What, what I mean that how much explaining do you need there? I don't need more than that. Okay. But I will say that your wife, you had all these old TV guides. We're talking 70s, 80s that you've been collecting since you were young. Well, I collected them when I was young, and then they were just sitting in my mother's basement. And then she said, hey, get this shit out of my basement. And Your I was wife? Like, no, my, my mother. Your mother said, get this shit out of my basement. Yeah. So then I said, well, just send it to me across the you know cross country. So then she mailed you know, what were uh, hundreds of uh, TV guides from the 70s and 80s to my home. Right. At which point my wife was like, what are these? And I said, oh, they're TV guides from the 70s and 80s. And she said, what is this shit doing here? Get this shit out of here. So I immediately put it in a, put them in a, a, a suitcase and hid them in the garage. Because in my head, I feel like I'm going to do something... <laughs> I'm going to do something with them <laughs> someday, <laughs> saying it out loud. What are you going to do with them? I sort of them? understand where my, where, uh, my wife is What were you from. thinking of doing? Like, what, what did you think they're going to be worth something someday? I don't know. I just collected, I co when I was younger, I collected <laughs> mad magazines and TV guides. And I always enjoyed the TV guides, especially, I was telling you this before, like the, the fall preview ones where it was like special and they were like, colors uh you know like uh the whole front of it was uh all color print out because usually they were in black and white but then on the in the front where they usually do interviews it was all color printouts of uh the new shows and then in the back or in the front it was the, the shows that were returning and then in the back it was all the sh new shows that were happening and it was great you could see like you know young you know uh uh prepubescent, you know, Jason Bateman in a TV show that you'd never heard of. Look at these. Yeah. Laverne and Shirley. You, you said, you know, you go, so you go around and you, you bring them when you see your friends and you say, pick one. Now I've been, so I thought, well, the, I, maybe the reason I've been holding on to them is to share them with friends, uh, my peers, people, my, my age or people around my age who, who appreciate who, them, who, pre, who, who has, who have a nostalgic, kind of uh, feeling about them because nowadays there's TV guide doesn't exist anymore. Not like that. Right. You know, you don't, you don't you didn't look forward to getting the TV guide every week to look at it uh, and look what was, you know, on the four channels. Right. It's different now. But it was exciting. It was exciting. I mean, to me, it was exciting. And your wife said, get this shit out of here. So ultimately well, you, well, you, you just get them out of my sight. Look, my wife is wonderful. She just doesn't want me collecting uh, a pile of, old tv guys okay, from the so, 70s so, and 80s which yeah. you know makes a lot of sense well this also indirectly affects me why? or directly affects me why is it, how is it directly because as affects you can look around my house you notice i have a lot of things that i collect now i'm you know i have fangoria magazines and i have now some tv guides yeah um yes. i have posters so yes. i feel like if i was if i were married to your wife well, to mo if you were married, if you were married to anybody, they'd be, they'd they'd be like, it's a lot. It's a lot. But you're a single guy. And so this is the coolest house I've ever seen because it's just got like everything that, you know, everything it, it has everything you love. And there's an overlap. There's a lot of things in here that I love. And so it's like I feel like I'm in a museum. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's delightful. Well, it scares me, though. Why are you it's, scared? It scares me because 
you're in your early 50s. I am. You look fantastic, by the way. You look the same as as you did when I met you. We could talk about that in a minute. But I will say, it scares me that I'm 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 single. I live alone. I'm 49. This is the same conversation I had when I was 39, probably when I was early 30. But now it's kind of it's like now it's is it is it that is it really funny? What's the conversation? Well, the conversation is it's like you know. I'm about to hit 50 in a year. I just turned 49. Yeah. What did you notice? Did you get depressed when you hit 50? When you when you, somebody you woke up in the morning and you were 50 years old. Yeah. Did, did that affect you at all? No. Did, it didn't. No, but you made a left turn here. You were talking about it happened when you were 49, 50. Are you talking about like when it hit you? Like because I thought we were talking about if if you got married. I don't know well, if or I, when it, you're planning. It, on yes. It, but um, how, would would your significant other approve of this? Yes, and then I st- then I say to myself, I made that left turn where I'm like, am I kidding myself? Am I actually going to ever get married, or am I going to be alone having oh, okay. this cool I thought shit? You were like, it, I- it's, it's both, maybe. Right. And so it does scare me, and I'm like, it never age never really scared me until I was like, wait a minute, fifty. You do think older i i do don't not, i mean i do i mean i do a little bit but i i also realize that like it, you know the cliche you're only as old as you feel and age is just a number those cliches are there's there's value to them for me in that um somebody made up that there's you know based on the moon and the stars and the, the earth rotating there's 365 days in the year. So, okay, that's great. And then every year that's one year and the next year is another year. And, but like none of that, who, who gives, who gives a shit? I'm just alive or I'm dead. That's a really fascinating way to think about it. Well, I, cause I like, I'm 50, I'm, I'm 49. I'm, 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 I'm 60. I'm 30. I feel, you know how people always say, I, I don't feel 50. I don't feel, you know, uh, like I'm, like you know 70 years yeah. old i don't feel like i'm 40 yeah because how do you it feel because it's a number it means nothing how do you feel i feel great i mean things hurt you know i i'm going for a a, a colonoscopy uh, tomorrow i'm going for a 3d image of my heart uh, because i have high cholesterol on thursday um but like i exercise and i try to uh you know uh, uh approach life in a in a healthy way uh for my mind and my body and uh my spirit or soul um but you know i i i i feel shitty and depressed some days and i feel great other days this show is sponsored by better help i don't know how many times i have to talk about this but it's so important if you're sitting there right now and you're stressed or you're anxious or you have a lot on your mind and you just bottle it up and you don't know what to do it's going to come out and it's not going to come out in great ways all the time. Um, BetterHelp has helped me substantially. Ryan here has been using it for a while. And, I, you know, don't you notice when you don't use BetterHelp, when you don't have therapy? Oh, the weeks where I miss a session? Of course, yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's like the more you talk about something, even if you don't think you have anything to talk about, things come up and it puts your mind at ease. And we all carry around different stressors, you know, big and small and at times, we keep carrying them around rather than processing them and letting them go. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
Therapy from BetterHelp is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's for all of us. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I think people think, oh, what if I don't like my therapist? If you don't, you switch them. It's that easy. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com inside today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash inside. Inside of You is brought to you by Neurohacker, Qualia Senolytic. Let me tell you something. If you haven't tried this, you are missing out. I just sent this to my mom. I have it. I use it. It's a product that I didn't, I, they weren't even my sponsor when I was using this. And I was like, wow, why do I have more focus or energy? Why do I feel better? Why do I feel different? It's because I take Qualia Synaletic, Neurohacker. Look, if someone would have told me, Ryan, that there are science-backed ingredients that could help me feel 15 years younger in a matter of months, I wouldn't have believed it. But uh, I tried quiacinolytic and the rest is history. As we age, everyone accumulates senescent cells in their body. Senescent cells may cause symptoms of aging such as aches and discomfort, slow workout recoveries, sluggish mental and physical energy associated with that middle-aged feeling. Also known as zombie cells, they're old and worn out and not serving a useful function for our health anymore, but they could be taking up space and nutrients from our healthy cells. Much like pruning the yellowing and dead leaves off a plant, Qualia Senolytic helps remove those worn out senescent cells to allow for the rest of them to thrive in the body. And... You just take it two days a month. The formula is non-GMO, vegan, gluten-free, and the ingredients are meant to complement one another, factoring in the combined effect of all the ingredients together. And Neurohacker Quiacinolytic has a 100-day money-back guarantee. Oh, I have, I have more energy. Uh, I feel younger. Uh, I'm more productive. I will tell you that. I'm more productive. And uh, I feel like I have, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more enthusiastic about my life. I definitely feel that, and uh, for me, the aches and pains are less lessened by this, so that is a real important thing for me. Help resist aging at the cellular level, folks. Try Qualia Senolytic. Go to neurohacker.com slash inside. Neurohacker, N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R. Neurohacker.com slash inside for up to $100 off and use code INSIDE at checkout for an additional 15% off. That's neurohacker.com slash inside for an extra 15% off your purchase. Colonoscopy, I will say that a lot of people say, oh my God, you gotta get a colonoscopy. I, I had a wonderful experience. Experience, I, I really did. I When you say I, a wonderful I, experience, I, I, yeah. I, I had up. this drink, they gave me these drinks. Yeah. Uh, early evening, the night mm -hmm. before, yep. I, I I peed out of my B. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and BP, BP, and uh, I went to bed. I woke up. I mean, it was it was it wasn't that intense. And uh, they put me to sleep. And I said, Doc, I don't do drugs, but can I feel it for a few minutes? Can yeah. I feel the anesthesia or yeah. whatever? I felt great. And then mm -hmm. I woke up. He said, You got no polyps, and I was done. And that, yeah. was, and that was it. So it was a great experience for me. I didn't, you know, I got put to sleep. I got to feel good. Well, it had a to, happy ending. It had a happy ending. So a different type I'm just telling happy. you, you don't have to worry if you're even worried at I'm all. I'm not. I had it one other time and I had the same experience, except I asked, 
I wanted to stay awake for it and look and see what they were looking at. Ooh. And then he's like, well, we can't do that. And he, and he said, he goes, you can do like, you could ask for to like twi- something called twilight or something like that, where you're sort of in and you're sort of out. Like, you know, like right, you're, right, you're, right. you're not feeling but you it, but you're it. not, but you're not asleep. And I was like, yeah, I want to do that. And he's like, okay. And then I went in and they, and they gave it to me and I immediately went out and I woke <laughs> up and I was done. No twilight. No twilight. Jeez. You know, you, you and I met years ago. We were bowling. It was all your old buddies from the state. Okay. Um, it was Tom Lennon and uh, everybody, Joe. Is and, this when you, for, this, this is, I was are running you saying a house. this is the first time that we've met, that, that we met, or is this just one of the memories of us? I think that I, we met at around that time, and maybe we met in New York briefly. I met you through Ballard. Through Ballard, right. But we used to start hanging out because you guys used at to come house. over and play poker at my little rent, rented yes. house. And play video games. You played Sega. Sega. Right. And you played a lot of hockey. Sega. And at the time, you had hurt your back. Yeah. Or somewhere in there, you had mm-hmm. hurt your back. From playing hockey, hockey and probably sports my whole life and a bunch yeah. of other shit. And I remember that you 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 were you had some back issues that you were uh, dealing suffering with. with. Yeah, but I remember like you guys used to. Oh, you and Sarah Silverman, just name dropping here, and Michael Ian Black and Showalter you used to come to my house and play poker, and then you used to all take my money. I can't imagine that I did because I'm a terrible poker player. Terrible. I just came for the uh, the camaraderie. Really? Yeah. Because they took it really seriously. Mike Black took it takes it very seriously. Joe is a good poker player. David Wayne, very yep. good. Sarah, she's a very good poker player, but she's just in it to have fun. I think. But yeah. She's um, uh, she's real good too. Although I went to her house years ago, she invited me to play poker, and I was so bad that she never invited me back, or I just wasn't funny. I, I don't think that that's it. it could I, be. I've called her up and been like, Are "You having any games late? You know, anytime soon?" And she's like, "Oh, I'll put one together." So I bet if you reached out and said, "I want to play any games, I want to play," she'll try to throw something together. Now, Maybe. what, I, what I remember about you though is you always had this—I don't want to say swagger—but you always were confident. You always seemed really confident and in poker. No, or in life. In life. <laughs> in, in life you felt i felt like ken just is exudes this confidence now what i want to know is it something that you always had like if we rewind the clock back to grade school and high school you were a confident kid no you weren't no i mean i think i had to i well i don't i don't i don't know if i'm i don't see myself as super confident now really um but I do, I guess there is a certain part of, you know, uh, being in this town where you have to pretend to be confident in order to survive. Don't let them see your weakness. You know what I mean? And yeah. so uh, maybe there is a little bit of a, a confident persona or maybe maybe it is part of who I am. Um, but I, I like to, uh, I think the best way to uh, professionally get, jobs is i mean the only way is to be confident right i mean when you go right. on audition for something as soon as you start second guessing yourself the audition is dead or the interview is dead or the meeting is dead so i've i turned a corner on that when well i was confident 
when I was in the state, in a, when we were doing the state on MTV at a college because I was with all my buddies and we all. Um, you all helped each other out. We all helped each other out and it was a safe place. So I, I was around that. And then I came out here and was introduced to this town in a, in a not as friendly way. I, I replaced somebody on a TV show and I worked with some people and um, it was not a pleasant experience and I lost my identity. And you I lost your identity. I That's lost, a strong phrase. I lost who I was or how I could uh, uh, survive in certain situations professionally. And I, and I couldn't figure out how to navigate the uh, work environment. And I suffered because of it. It was, it was bad. And then when that ended, I, no, in the I, middle yeah, of that, in the middle of that show, I got my for lack of a better word, you know, phrase, I got my balls back and I, I wanted to say something about balls. And it was something I saw on TikTok where people like, somebody was like talking about balls and like women, 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 they're, everybody talks about like calling somebody a vagina or a pussy. And they're like, that's a sign of weakness. Whereas like a vagina and a pussy are like, uh, so strong and like give life and do, you know, like it couldn't be like <laughs> right. the opposite of the, you know, calling somebody that. And then balls, when you, you say people have balls, uh, says, you know, like that they're tough, but if you tap somebody's balls, <laughs> they're the most fragile <laughs> thing. It's so true. It's such a, it's a, you, you touch know, a, a, a part a man, of a testicle. Yeah. You're done. Clearly men have, have come up with those two, you know, definitions of those two, <laughs> ways of using that as slang anyway um that's good so i got my i got my uh my my power back but uh, i, I want to know like that's to say something like you lost your balls or your vagina and then you got it back yeah now the interesting part to me is how the hell you got it back like what what did you do to get it back well i uh i i i mean the truth is is i got to a point where I couldn't, I couldn't deal with it anymore. I couldn't deal with like the chaos of like trying to figure out how to navigate, uh, without using the tools that I knew I had. And I forgot that I had those tools for a while. And I'm like, Oh no, live or die by the tools that you have. Um, and at least then you go down knowing that, you were true to yourself. And then as soon as that happened, I stood up for myself and I did the things that I thought were funny. And I thought, did the, you know, I said the things that I needed to say to the people that were sort of, um, uh, not being kind. And, and then I turned a corner on that. And then right soon after that, what, what David and Showalter were doing wet hot. And I did wet hot that, American summer, wet hot American oh, yeah. summer. And I went and shot that with them. And I was with that group again, as, as well as like Paul and Amy and Brad and uh, 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 everybody who Bradley else, Cooper, Bradley Amy Cooper, Poehler, yeah, everybody who worked on that. Big and names. I was like, oh, this can exist. You, there are other people outside of the state that are good, kind, positive, creative, awesome people. I don't need to suffer through working with people who are not particularly kind. I can just work with people I like, and then uh, you know that uh, that shift, and also um, kind of getting my uh, power back, 
you know, kind of dovetailed into each other. And since then, I guess I've had a, uh, you know, going with your observation, I've been more confident with how I approach uh, this business and life. Yeah. That, that, no, that's, that a fanta- that's a fantastic answer. I just feel like there's times in my life where I feel like I've lost it. Like I, I've lost that confidence. And you said something really important. <clears throat> you said something, you know, you have the tools. Is it that for a while there, you forget about the tools that you have and you're just like, almost like looking at your ugly self and, and thinking, I can't do this, but then realizing, wait a minute, I can do this. I've done this before. Well, I mean, I can only speak for, you know, through about my personal experiences of how it happened. And when I was doing the state, it was like being in a band and, you know, you, as you were together longer, you sort of, you sort of have, uh, you've dug a hole for yourself or you've, you've, you've created a certain niche part of the group or like a, 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 a section of a, a, you've created your personality within the group. And there was at a certain point, there's no, reversing that you can adjust but there's no reversing it but i was who i was in that group and i had and i for better for worse that's who i was when i left that group and and and, and by the way the the state was on a show that well you guys created in college you and david wayne and a bunch of other guys yeah show these, and it aired on mtv from 93 to 95 and it was this comic troupe and you did all these skits and things for those yes we for mtv and then we 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 not broke up we just stopped making money so everybody had to go off and do their own thing (laughs) um and what was your question Uh, about tools what was it what was it ryan oh you started we were talking about your personality within the group oh well oh so i so uh i oh so when i left the group i was like i'm not going to make those mistakes that i made in the group I'm going to start fresh, right? With new people. Mm. And so, so I had this mantra that was not healthy. Ultimately, I thought it was healthy. I'm going to be all things to all people, right? I'm going to approach this new person and this new person and this new person and not make the stupid mistakes that I made in my college and early twenties with the state, you know, where I was young and I did stupid things. And then like, you know, like, or said stupid things or got into fights with people for stupid reasons. I'm going to be all things to all people. And in doing that, I never stood up for myself. And so, uh, so I lost my identity. You were giving too much to too many people, perhaps. I was trying to be friendly with everybody and not worry about my feelings or who I was. I was just trying to be like, okay, oh, is that, will that make you happy? Oh, will that make you happy? Um, because I just, you know, left this group that I was with for well, five, six years. Right. And I just wanted to start fresh. And so I thought that that was a good approach. It wasn't healthy for me. And so at a certain point, I was like, oh, I don't have to be all things to all people. I have to be true to myself and I have to be kind to people. And I have to try to communicate as best I can. But I don't have to. Not everybody has to be my friend. That's that's and that was the shift, I think, for me. That's a great. I mean, when you're when you're talking about this, I start to think this is kind of therapy for me. At times like this, there's with certain guests, they'll tell a story, and I'll immediately 
it will come back to me. <laughs> and I go, this, this is helping me. This makes me understand because I feel like I give a lot to people right. and a lot of people take and a lot of people take and you are, you always want to appease everybody and make everybody happy and you're not taking care of yourself. Right. But for you to have that insight, did you, did you go to therapy? Did you have a breakdown? What was it? I, that had, caused I, I broke down. I went to therapy. I, you know, I, I, it was, I had moved from New York and I came out here and I was doing a show that I was a regular on and it was an established show and what was that show it was men behaving badly Men behaving badly rob schneider uh yeah yeah and uh and i uh i came out and yeah i don't know what i forget what i was saying well you were just talking about how you uh when you when you came out how it all shifted and you started going to therapy or whatever oh yeah know. yeah so pretty soon after me coming out i was like i might need to go see a uh, talk to a therapist um i was also going through a uh, um a relationship thing so it was like there was a lot of stuff that was going on in my life that i was uh th that i needed to speak to somebody about and and uh, it helped so from the time you you made it through ther therapy i like this stuff this is this is <laughs> this is what people like this is like how do you because you get in ruts and how do you get out of them well, you went to therapy. You dealt with your anxiety. You dealt with like all these issues. Yeah. Because if you did, if you didn't go to therapy, you think you would have gotten through it on your own? I, I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, probably in some way. Um, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. Do you still get scared? Do you still get nervous? Do you still About get anxious? What? Anything, a new role, tackling something. You know, they say a lot of times when an actor gets a role, they get, uh, they get a little anxiety. They get like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Uh, no. What's his name was here? Uh, Emil Hirsch. And he was like, I get this feeling. I can't fucking do it. I don't know how to do it. And then fucking he figures it out. No, I don't get, I don't get anxiety about a role that I get. I go in, I get, if I get something or something is given to me um, through either an audition or a meeting or just relationships that I have with people. Um, I go in and I do what I think is the right thing. And lately um, you know, as I've gotten older, um, I'm given the freedom to do those things. And it, there's, there's a trust that, um, that's there with the people I'm working with because I have a relationship with them. Uh, you know, I've worked with them on other, other things, but I don't get scared. I'm, I'm just like, I, I, I'm, I just, there's a trust that if I go, I never, if I go too far, that they'll pull me back. But I just, I've, I've decided that, and it goes back to what I was saying before, which is like, I just have to make some choices as an actor and do them and, and trust that my choices are, uh, uh, you know, good and not second guess myself, be 100% confident. And then if somebody doesn't like it, they'll tell me. And if they don't say anything, then that's their issue. Right. And then the thing that I'm doing is going to be the thing that I'm doing. And I, I, you know, for the most part, I'm going to enjoy that because it's, it's, it's not, um, there's no filter. It's just coming through me. And it's something that I think I can do that somebody else can do, but they're, they're going to have their version of that. Have you ever been replaced? Yes. You have. Mm -hmm. I, I've been replaced once too, so I, I know how that feels. I was a guest on a on a TV show, uh, just shoot me, and they I was a fireman, and they replaced me. How did how did you take it? 
I was waiting for that to happen at some point in my career because everybody has yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> an experience like that. So I was like, okay. I mean, I, you know, I, I came up, I, there were reasons that I was like, I think I know why that happened. And then when I watched it, I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. I, it didn't bother me. Really? No. I got paid. <laughs> you got paid. Well, that's the other thing is like, I, I don't know what, what uh, my dad was a, a plumber and a cesspool cleaner and my mom was a dog groomer and my dad every time i talk to my dad the first thing he asks me <laughs> i'm not saying this is healthy at all you making money like my dad's uh approach to work is like go out collect some money bring it home and take care of your family and go to sleep and wake up the next day and do the same thing i've always approached acting like that which is, I need to make money to, to I, I love acting and I love doing different things and I love working on really great projects, but I also like, you know, um, hot water. And so, <laughs> so, so I want to, you know, um, ultimately, you know, make sure that I'm putting money in the bank so I can hopefully do the things that I want to do more and more as I get older you know you talk about that so it makes me think of your childhood like what was your childhood like with with your with your parents were they was your dad always like when you said I want to be an actor I'm going to get in this comic troupe yeah or whatever were they supportive always supportive always supportive always supportive he wasn't like hey no got to bring home the bacon no he was always supportive everything you did they went to your plays yep I mean, my dad came to plays when he could, but he was working, he worked crazy hours. And so, he, you know, sometimes his days consisted of waking up at six and rolling in at nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night because he was digging ditches and pumping people's shit out of their cesspools and putting in sewer lines. And like, that's what he would do. So body. he had an incredible work ethic. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he worked really hard. Um to take care of uh, my family. And you always looked at that. Like that's always, was he a role model, would you say? I think so. I think my dad is a, I mean, he's somebody I look up to. He's a flawed human being, but aren't we all? But he's he's a great man. And do you, when you look back, you think you could have done anything? Yeah, have a drink of your tea, your, your coffee. I'm sorry, did you hear my stomach go? No, do you have to shit? No, it's just that there's nothing in, there's no food in me and I can't, do, I can't eat anything until after my colon colonoscopy. My colonoscopy. Your colonic. Are you worried that you um, might need to get up while you're doing this interview? I'm already. I already have to take a a, a, a leak. Why don't you pee? You know what's interesting is this is another thing my wife. This is another <laughs> you know what's thing, interesting. This is another thing my wife and I talk about. I say to her, uh, "I gotta go. I gotta go take a shit, or I gotta go pee." And she's like, "You don't have to address it. Yeah, just say you're going to the bathroom." I know what goes on in there. I don't like to miss anything, Ken. I like to leave the door open. People don't always like it. Much like Bruno Mars and uh, Anderson Puck. Yep. Really? Yeah, they like to leave the door open. Even when I'm pooping. Well, I don't know if that lyric is Well, I, I, oh, is that a lyric? Have <laughs> you not heard that song? No, how does it go? That's oh, fucking great. How does it go, Ryan? So, Silk Sonic? Gonna leave the door open. I'm gonna leave the door open. Leave the door open, girl. I'm going to leave the door open. I'm aging myself. Yeah. 
dude. You are, so I should good. know this. But this song, but it sounds like it came we out in the seventies. We did not. So we did our version of it was not. <laughs> <laughs> it was whispered. It was a little. It was a little creepy, actually. It was a little sensual. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. I, I mean, like we sang on key. I will say that. Yeah, yeah. it was. You could sing. You could sing, which was nice. And you weren't creepy. I just feel like I was creepy. <laughs> well, I, I, I was quieter because I can hear it like really nice. In the headphones. Oh, am I supposed to put on the headphones? Oh, you don't have to. You know, try them. Oh, you might shit. like it. You might like listening. Oh, you know, shit. that's the best way. It's more intimate. I didn't realize you weren't doing <laughs> no, that. No, I wasn't. So Look I was probably nice yelling this whole time. So let's start over. All right. So uh, <laughs> you brought these. Uh, you brought these things over. These uh, TV guides. Listen, I'm going to pee now. Yeah, you should pee. No, no, now. Right now. Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Is he really doing it? Go pee. All right. Inside of You is brought to you by Rocket Money. I love Rocket Money. You know why? Because everyone should have Rocket Money because it just helps you save money. How many times do we have subscriptions that we don't even know we have anymore and we're paying so much money? It's just throwing away money, Ryan. I, I found one. You And you did it. You told I me. I got Rocket Money. <laughs> okay, I found one. It. I'm embarrassed to say how long it's been going on, but thank you for finding it. <laughs> My God. It was embarrassing. <laughs> yeah, because it's like you want to watch some show and you go, oh, I have to subscribe to this uh, this streaming uh, whatever. Mm -hmm. And you, you start streaming the show, you watch it, you leave, and you forget after this trial period it kicks in and it's they're charging terrible. you 10 bucks a month. It's, it is embarrassing. Ugh. You know, 75% of people have subscriptions they've forgotten about. Before I started using Rocket Money, I thought I had, you know, like, oh, I have like five subscriptions. I could not believe it when they showed me I was paying for like four extra uh, between, you know, streaming advices and fitness apps, delivery services. It's never ending. And thanks to Rocket Money, I'm no longer wasting money on the ones I forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. Rocket Money will even try to negotiate lowering your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is submit a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. They'll deal with the customer service for you. I don't like that. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash inside. That's rocketmoney.com slash inside. Rocketmoney.com slash inside. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. So Spalding Gray 
wrote a book. Swimming in Cambodia. Well, he did a he did a one man show, and he and he also wrote a book about that. That's right. But he but but prior to that book, he wrote a, a book called I think Sex and Death by the Age of Fourteen or something like that. Um, I, I, something like that. Right. And in it, I remember there's a, a a little section where he had a girl over his house, and he would go into the bathroom, and he knew that you can hear the person peeing. You, the person outside can hear hear when he was peeing in the in the uh, toilet. Right. So he would take um, like a pitcher of water and pour it in, so it was a stronger flow. So it sounded like he had a stronger flow to the girl outside. And I always thought, well, why? I think maybe because that that implied that he had a like a, a, a bigger a thing. bigger dick. Yeah, I don't know. I it's don't kind remember. of odd. Well, look, it made for a great story for him, not ne- not necessarily for this podcast. Do you embarrass easily? I, I would take no. it you don't. Well, what, I, what's what there em- to be embarrassed? What embarrasses you? I don't know. You really don't know anything that embarrasses you. Like not not uh, fucking up on set, not getting your lines out, not being able to uh, be as great as you thought you were. Oh, so you're talking about like professionally? Well, professionally or unprofessionally. Like, you know, things that embarrass you. Like, you know, I don't like being called out. I don't, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I I could be sensitive, but I, I'm pretty good with it. You know, I, I used to get really mad. People go, you don't listen. You don't listen. And right. finally, I just said, I accepted that. Why don't you think, I mean, do you agree with that? Do you agree that you I, I don't listen? I think I have uh, selective hearing. I think that I listen when someone really needs to tell me something or it's uh, I'm engaged or I have these headphones on and I'm talking to someone, I'm able to focus. I have a little ADD. So if it's a lot of nonsense, if you're talking to a person for hours on end about, you know, whatever, spending the day with them and they're kind of like, sometimes they'll say something, they'll be chirping. I'll be chirping. Mm-hmm. I don't always hear it. But in, in this situation, do you check out? Do you find yourself checking out? Or do you, no. seem, you seem pretty on top of it. No, I'm on pretty point. on top of it. I'm, I'm on point for the most part. I, like I, I, you're, you're engaging. I have these head, like I said, I put the headphones. Don't you feel now that you put the cans on, you feel a little more like you're engaged? <laughs> no, uh, not, um, <laughs> sure. I mean, I, what I feel like is I can hear every noise I make, which is, I guess maybe that's that's how I get embarrassed. I don't want to hear my bodily like my oh. clicks and I'm like my stomach going. So do you like watching yourself uh, on on uh, film? I I always like to watch whatever I do uh, the first time by myself, and then I'll watch it a couple of times, and then I have no problem watching with other people. So if uh, so, that embarrasses me. If I'm watching something I've never seen the final result of, like you know, like a thing that I've done. Oh, my flies open. No one can see that. You're waist down. Oh, look at that. <clears throat> well, I see it. Yeah, it's good for you. Um, if I watch something that I've never seen <laughs> before, that I've that I've been in with other people, that that I get uncomfortable. I, wa- ever- I always want to see what I what 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 the cut is. You want to be the judge. Yeah. Of who sees it. So No, I want to see what they I want to see what takes they used. I want to see how they did it. I want to see how the how the piece looks. And then I can say, yeah, I'll watch that with you, or you can watch that by yourself. Have you been disappointed with your work at all in your lifetime? Of course. Yeah. Haven't you? Oh yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, 
I always do the best I can. And I always feel like, you know, I'm going to give it all I have. And sometimes you're all, always, it just depends on, there's so many variables, you know, for instance, Smallville. If I was really good on a really crappy show, it wouldn't matter. No one would care. All the pieces have to fall in line. The show has to be good. The writing has to be good. Right. The acting has to be good. All these things have to be. So most of the time, it's a disappointment because a lot of those things usually don't make it. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, so you watch something that you're that you felt good about your performance and then you watch the, the whole thing and you're like, well, I didn't like that whole thing, so I don't like my performance? Probably. I don't, I don't know. Because I'm part of it. I, I will watch something where I didn't, I didn't, I don't like how it came out, like the the show, the tone or the approach to the show. And I watch what I did. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I like that they used that stuff or I still feel good about what I did. Or sometimes I'm like, oh, wow, it was cut together where they pulled all the stuff that I thought was interesting out. Yeah. So it, it, it varies. I always know, notice that you, you really commit. You either, because you can do drama. You're adept to comedy and drama. I mean, you've done drama. Do you, by the way, do you prefer drama over comedy? Or you just like acting in general? I just like acting. You'll do whatever they tell you to do. Yeah. I think, it, I, th oh. I don't think there's a big difference between drama and comedy. Really? I think comedy, here's the thing. I think drama's easier, but I think comedy's harder because it's so many takes and it's so many to get the right timing and everything. Where drama, you just, as long as you're real and grounded not to say well but that's the thing i think in comedy you have to be real and grounded the stakes are higher right the, the importance of like uh, for me like my approach is like you know you know if, if we're talking about like whatever party down party down we're talking about party down <laughs> right uh you know ron donald is a guy who I mean everything every choice he makes it's all important to him and so I think it's uh played it's played to be real through the character that he is do I make some do I try to make some comic choices in there some physicalities or like different things like within a scene sure but like I, my hope is that it's always grounded and real makes sense was was party den did you think it was going to be successful when you guys were doing it did you have any idea do you ever know really uh no i mean i i, I knew it was spe a special show i knew the people that i was working with were like talented and special and good people and there was an there was a um an energy that i liked and i hoped that it would be successful because uh i like being around that energy and how many seasons did you do party down we did two just two seasons yeah it was i thought for, it was more than that it was for stars uh which nobody had at the time it only got a following it would like netflix had just started and they had put out the seasons on netflix but at that by, by that point uh, it was already a um a sinking ship but supposedly they're bringing this back yes supposedly well do you know the answer yeah, supposedly. And what, 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 what's what are they going to do? Supposedly, uh, another, a season, an another uh, like a season for stars is supposedly. And how exciting! I mean, they were working on a movie at one point. I don't think that's happening. But I think it's it's, it's uncanny. It's just this doesn't happen a lot. A show airs two seasons, and then they want to bring it back. 
Well, for, I mean, that's just that's a rarity. I've been on a lot of shows that long, last a pile, one season, two seasons. They don't five years. How long was Arrested Development on? Three seasons, right? Or was it four? It was three, and then they brought it back from and four to five. Yeah. yeah. That, like I said, it's it's a rarity. Look, I hope they bring it back. I don't. I can't. Oh, so you're not? You can't divulge. I don't know. I mean, I I I I know they've always talked about it, and it's a possibility. And you want to do it? Of course. Any chance to get to work with those guys again is a gift. You know, you know how it is. You work with like a lot of people that you know, or people that you enjoy spending time around and creating with. That's it goes back to what I was saying about Wet Hot American Summer. As soon as I realized, oh, you know, th- th- this is this is special and rare and but something that I can strive for and try to be immersed in as much as possible. That's, that's all I try to do. I try to work with people I enjoy and, and whose uh, comic sensibilities I appreciate and respond to. And then sometimes the stuff is successful. Sometimes it's not, but ultimately I think it's always interesting and good. Did you, think, did you think Hot American Summer would have been the cult classic that it's become? No, but that's another you know show where like we shot it and we're like, who we don't care if anybody watches this. We know it's funny. We and it was funny. all your friends. It's like you're going to camp with all your friends. That's what we did. We stayed at a camp for uh, you know seven weeks or six weeks, and we all just stayed uh, at a, at this uh, camp uh, during the off season. It was great. And you just did what you wanted, in in, in a sense, like you do a take. Uh, did David just sort of say? I mean, didn't you co- co-write it? I did not. Show he and Show Walter. He and Show Walter. So when they're doing these, when they're filming, are you able to improvise? Do they want you to stick to a script? Do they go, give me a Ken take, give me a big? I mean, back then it was David's first movie. He was directing a lot of us. It was our first movie that we were in, and you know, much like any, I mean, and there wasn't a lot of time to improvise a lot because it was a short, short schedule and ambitious and. Um, but yeah, of course, you know, everybody sort of tried different things, but, um, the script, you know, everybody stuck to the script at first and tried to honor that. When you watch it now, when's the last time you saw it? <sighs> I think I watched it with my son who's 14 recently. And then he watched the series. And so maybe within the last year, and I don't know if I watched the whole thing. What did he think? He loved it. Or he, I think he really liked it. I think he appreciated it. Yeah, it's just a classic. Do you just not love that movie? It's great. It really is. So many great characters in that. Who's your fa- who's who's your favorite? Who's your like what's the one moment in that movie or the one character that just kicks your ass that just makes you laugh every time you see it? Him or her? I mean, Maloney's fantastic. I like the relationship between Maloney and AD Miles. I think that's great. Um uh, I like me and Joe. I like Joe. And, I like when Joe and I get to do stuff together. Yeah. Um, I think there's fun stuff in the uh, series that Joe and I get to do that makes me laugh. Do you know what my favorite, one of my favorite moments in that movie is? Uh, it, it, it's well, when I crash into the tree. Hilarious. That's is that one what you're going to say? Yes, it's one of the best <laughs> movies. You know what another one is? Is Show Walter going, Yes, in the dinosaur. And in the, oh, when he was I was so old that pterodactyls yeah, 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 were yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. What the hell is his name? I oh my God, yeah. he just killed me. Show look, I look at you, like your resume. You've done, I mean, you've done so much shit. Not, not, when I say shit, I mean sh- like the shit, not shit. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you've done shit. We've all done shit. Sure. But like Will and Grace, Angel, Reno 911, Grey's Anatomy, Monk, Happy Endings, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, Party Down, uh, Wonderlust. You co-wrote Wonderlust, right? I did. Uh, the other two is now on. The other two has been on. Uh, the first season came out. I'm going to watch it because Ryan just told me about it. Now I got to go watch that. Oh, yeah. You got to see the other two. It's great. Yeah, I can't wait. It's now, a great tell show. Me, tell me the premise. It's about... The- so it's about, you know, like, uh, the, um, the, you know, the um, there's this overnight success. This, this 14-year-old boy uh, becomes an overnight success uh, on, you know, YouTube sensation, like a Justin Bieber type kid. And, uh, you know, becomes a star overnight. Um, but it's not about him. It's about his older brother and sister who are struggling in New York and experiencing his rise to fame so quickly. And their That's relationship. Great. And then Molly Shannon is the mom, the Midwest mom, who comes out uh, to uh, chaperone him and watch him. And I'm the manager who gloms on, who considers himself family, but uh, isn't. I can imagine. I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Yeah, you should watch that. I think that, yeah. What yeah. else should I watch? Well, have you ever seen Burning Love? I haven't. Yes, I saw one episode. I really enjoyed oh, that. You should watch Burning Love. I think that my wife and I wrote that. Oh, my wife wrote that and created that, and I directed it. And uh, we did three seasons, and they're short, little quick seasons. Um, but I'm super proud of that. Burning Love. How hard is it to write and work with your wife? Easy. I mean, it, it was easy. I didn't write, she wrote it, and then I directed it and was in it. And it was great. It was one of the most incredible experiences of uh, my professional life. How do you keep things sane in the house? How do you keep a happy marriage when you're both in the business and you're both working together and you're both on top of each other's shit all the time? I think you try to communicate as healthy as possible. I think you just try to like talk about the things that are clearly there. And if something comes up, that's, you know, it's not really about that. You say, well, it's not really about that, right? It's about this. So let's talk about that and let's work through it. I mean, that's not all easy. No, Always. no, nothing's easy. No. Do you recommend me getting married? Uh, Ken? To whom? I mean, I'm just in general. Do you re- recommend marriage? I don't think you need to get married. And But if you want to get married, I think you should get married. Do you think people should only get married if they're going to have kids? <sighs> I don't think kids, I, I don't think it's about kids. I think, I think if you want to have a ceremony where you're committing yourself to somebody and you want everybody to celebrate and you want to call it marriage, then you should do it whether or not you're having kids, but you don't have to, to commit yourself to somebody. You hear that, Ryan? Yeah. What do you think, Ryan? What do I think? You think I'm ever going to get married? I don't know if you find the right person. I mean, are you dating anybody right now? No, not right now. Do you want to get married or do you feel I mean, pressure just from sometimes- your family or something? Nah, I mean, every time you see my grandmother, she's like, when are you going to have kids? You'd be such a great dad. When are you going to do this? You hear it all the time. And you see your friends that are couples and they're doing all these things together. And you spend a lot of nights alone. You do. Right. There's a lot of time when you're alone. Right. And then you immerse yourself in work. And the next thing you're working too much and then you're spending the nights alone and you're yeah. like, you know, um, but you don't want to get into that old that old shit where you just start seeing girl after girl and, you know, just, uh, you know, cause that happened. Right. And it's just, they're filling the void, you know, in a sense, you're both like, maybe you're both alone. So it's like, Oh, let's, I don't know. I mean, I think that you should just, uh, just live your life every day. And then if you find somebody you want to spend a lot of time with then do that, what, what are you going to get married for your grandma? 
Don't get married for your grandma. And by the way, you know what's funny? You know what? Let your, you know what? <laughs> you see your grandma how many times a year? Twice a year. Twice a year. And you're going to get married because you, 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 gram, you talk to her twice a year. <laughs> you and you're going to, I'm, no, I'm mad. <laughs> you know what I told her? What did you tell her? I said, Blanc. I said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to get married and finally have a kid and you're going to die. And she said, don't call me Blanc. Yeah. I Wait, call you, her, do, you, you just tell your grandmother she's going to die? I mean, I'm sure she yeah, knows it. I, I say that to her. Yeah. She always sings the song, the old mare ain't what she used to be, ain't mm -hmm. what she used to be. She's always complaining then about Then she's going to die. And she's going to die. You know, when you do all these things, this is good therapy for me. When you do all these epi episodics, all these things, yeah. were you... Did you just like working or were you like, when am I going to get my fucking chance? When am I going to get, when am I not going to do a guest star? Did, did you go through that, those stages of, because it is not easy, by the way. The, the hardest part of being an actor, I think, well, not working, but then <laughs> that's the hardest part. But being a guest star is the second hardest because you're coming into a show that's already established and then you, you're just jumping in there. Yeah. I think that's the hardest. Did you like doing guest stars? Yeah. You did? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I, 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 I didn't feel that way. I don't feel that way when I do a guest spot. I feel like, especially later, but like, you know, I mean, the worst, uh, the worst part about it is they shoot the actors out and then you have like one or two takes before lunch or one or two takes before you wrap at the end of the day um, for your coverage. But um, when I realized that, I just would do again it goes back to what i was saying i just do what i i just do what i ultimately would want to land on as opposed to like you know shuffling up hedging up to 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 the edge or you know creeping up to the edge and being like will anybody want to see me make these choices i'll just go in and do those choices and then if they don't like it then they can make the adjustment on the next take which is the second take and the only other take i'll get in the shot but um the point is is i don't I like doing guest spots. I don't feel a lot of pressure doing it. I enjoy it. If they want me to come on their show and I'm lucky enough to be a guest on their show, I'm going to have a good time. You just, you really love work. You love acting. I do. Don't you? I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if I love it as much. I think it's, it's, a, it's a lot of, look, I'm, I'm very grateful. I've talked about this a million times. I, if it's something I do or I create or it's part of like, you know, with your friends, like you say, that could be great. I'm very excited about that. But there's also something about shooting a scene, a two page scene in six hours yeah. over and over and over again. Why? What, what, I, I, mean, I don't think that's fun. Oh, see, uh, see, I have a very different feeling. Tell, tell me about that. I mean, I do well, it. I'm pleasant and I, and I'm very fun well, and I like, but I, but I don't, and I can enjoy it. But it's not like everyone thinks. People come to see me on set and I'm doing something and they're like, holy fuck, you're doing this again? Right. And I get it. I'm like, yeah, doing it again. I guess my my feeling is, I have I, I, my approach to it is 99% of the time you're not acting, right? And so when you get the opportunity to act, when you're given text and you're given a, 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 a platform or a place to do it with cameras rolling or people watching... Um, then you get, then, then, and you get to do it a bunch of times. That's fun because you can bend it in different directions. You can give a bunch of different options. You're giving, I, I'm thinking about like the editor getting 17 different 
options of what might work. Yeah. And it's fun for me um, uh, to have the opportunity to play with something and be like, what's another way that that within the confines of like what the scene is and the you know honoring the script right. and honoring the the character and right. serving the story where you're supposed to what's another way i can bend this and so uh, a lot of takes is i enjoy a lot of takes. i hear you i i'm just saying i think that over the years ken mm -hmm. i think i really did enjoy it I, I i was just threw myself into it and then something happened where i'm like i don't know maybe i got a little jaded maybe i got a little bit like i don't know you know, even Ryan will tell me I'm supposed to do this, maybe this movie. I'm very blessed. He's like, do it. Get your feet wet again. Get in, get, get in there. You have maybe to do it. Fall in love again. You have to do it. I know. He really thinks, you know, and, and I, it's not it. that I, 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 look, I, I like acting. I think I do an okay job. I, I just, maybe I've been on some things that I'm just like, God, that was just too much fucking work and it just wasn't the greatest payoff. Well, that's, that's why that's, you know, but that's the paycheck part of it. Like that's you got, you got paid and then you, you, you get to appreciate those moments for me would be like party down or burning love or wet hot American summer or like, you know, eastbound and down, like things that I get to do with that are special. And I appreciate those and value those even more. And I, and I can say, wow, I got to do that. And then the other stuff is like paychecks. I'm collecting the paycheck. You know, it's funny. and I'm also working out. I'm I'm working out the whatever the, the process. Well, it's you know the the acting muscle or whatever. I'm getting to, I'm getting to act and do stuff. And sometimes it's going to be, uh, you know, you get thrown out at first, and sometimes it's going to be, uh, you know, a nice little extra base uh, hit. You know what I would have done, and I would have been excited, and I would have done, I would have worked any hours to do um was do eastbound and down oh. and this guy tested for it against me and i read with danny mm -hmm. and they said it's between you and one other guy and they went with you oh was it me yeah <laughs> and i go well fuck i love ken but that motherfucker that's the one i wanted i remember going in sorry about that no but i remember you know and, and we hit it off and um he came up to me at a table read for something else and goes man you were fucking funny we were going to cast you but you were right up there, man. You were right up there with that with the guy. We, I go, yeah, Ken. He's like, yeah, Ken's great. But you were right up there too. Just want you to know, you were really funny, and he was cool. So yeah, that's always nice best. to hear that. Yes. What a treat! Did you improvise the shit out of that? There, I mean, you know, they had a script, but yeah, every scene was, uh, you know, they opened. We we opened it up. I think. I mean, I definitely threw in a lot of stuff. Can that be intimidating? Working with someone like Danny McBride, I mean, you're going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him, and you did it, and you nailed it. But, like, he's a he's a wizard, right? Yeah, he's incredible. He just goes, were you just shocked? Like, how funny was he on his side? Always funny, but always grounded, always real. Like, he never says anything that doesn't feel like it's, you know, just going back to the drama and the comedy. Like, right. he's saying, you know, what, what when he would say it, it, it was, you know, grounded and real. And, and yeah, it was funny, but it was, it can't, you know, it felt... It felt uh, like, sure, this it was, it, it, there was comedy in, to it, but it was um, real. How it often, always seems real. How often did you break? I don't remember. Because I think McBride is honestly one of my top favorite comedians. He's the best. Like, I just, like, it just, I don't know how I would, like, I mean, I guess when you're on set, you just got to stay in. It seems like you've done, worked around so, you've been, 
Do you hear that? Or was that, that was, you? That was weird. No. Oh. What's well, gone now? Oh. Was it an earthquake? What do we got? But there's maybe it's your stomach. I didn't hear it that time, but maybe. But you've worked with so many great comedians. You've been around them. You've you've worked with everybody. A ton of top-notch improvisational comedians. So there's probably not a lot that makes you laugh anymore. You seem like someone that just was staying character and you're hard to break. Is that something is that true? I don't I don't think I break a lot. No. I don't think I break a lot. I think you break when you're not when you're not fully the person that you're doing. I think like when you're watching yourself, you you break more than when you when you're really connected to the person because whatever the person says, you know, uh, you should try to respond to it in a in a real way through that character that you're playing. But you know, sometimes something you know, I I I can't always get to that place. So yeah, I guess I break sometimes. I don't know. But don't you like it? Knows. Don't you like it when you break every once in a while? I like watching other people break. I I've, I've been watching um a lot of bloopers of uh, Always Sunny. And my god, I first of all, I love those guys and I think that their show is I had fun incredible. I got to do an episode. You I, did? I, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. what did you do? What, what I did um Gun Control. It was like the first season. I was I played um her uh, boyfriend. What's her name? D D. Yeah. D's boyfriend. He comes into town. It's, yeah, it was so really fun. I mean, the, you know, watching them and watching watching them break each other up is it, it, it's like it's like a uh, it keeps coming up on my TikTok. Right. <laughs> and I'm right. like, oh, great. Give me more. Give me more bloopers of them. So you like seeing other people fuck up. I like seeing other people enjoy each other and laugh. Jimmy Fallon. Was that no, too much? Ken. No, Jimmy Fallon. He used to break up on Saturday Night Live like every every time, every time. Yes. Did that bother you? Some people would bother. Oh, he's breaking up. Come on. I always thought it was funny when he was he was always fucking up. I mean, you know, it was, it was fine. I liked when uh, uh, Rachel Dratch would break up in Debbie in the Debbie Downer sketch. That I, <laughs> I enjoyed that more. When it's a main when when the main character breaks on SNL and there's no resetting, that's more funny to me than the person who's sort of peripherally in the scene breaking. Right. Right. She's she's the lead in the scene. Yeah, and, and then she's she the has to get breaking. through it and everybody else is trying to keep it together for her and she can't do it. That's that's when I really enjoy it. How how do you like directing? Uh I love it. Cuz you directed a couple episodes of the Goldbergs? I directed one or two one one, but I've I've directed some features and I've directed um, Children's Hospital. I've directed Children's Hospital. You're looking at my IMDb page. No. What are you looking at? Well, there's just notes I took. Oh. Well, I, I did. I did then I'm going to tell you, I did two features that uh, I enjoyed directing, and I directed all of Burning Love. Those are the things you direct I'm... all of Burning Love. Mm -hmm. And how do you like that? What 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 is it that you love about directing? You have you see the you know you see the whole picture, and you get to control the elements, and you get to control the tone of the set, and you get to. Uh, I love I love actors, so I love talking to actors about acting and comedy. That's so much fun, and to try to mold something into what your vision of something is, is um, you know, it's pretty pure. I find it very difficult when you're in a lot of it to direct. Like I choose, like my next choice would not to be uh, a, the lead role in something in a feature. 
or, or, or a major role, an integral part of something. I'd like to sit back and just watch and observe and direct as opposed to being in it. That I always felt like when Bradley Cooper directed, uh, what was it called? The Star is Born? Star is Born. I'm like amazed. Well, I guess my feeling is is you're cutting out the middleman. Like you're the director and the actor, so you know how to modulate it to where you want to go. The cameras don't have to you don't have to yell cut. You don't have to pull the actor aside and be like, okay, now I want you to do that. You're just fucking doing it. <clears throat> and you're on, you know, you're in front of the camera and you're the director. So nobody could say, oh no, I'm going to cut. You can just keep rolling. I'm going to do that again. Like you actually, you have more control if you can kind of bounce back and forth between seeing it and being in it. And um, the only time I found it to be hard to direct and act in something at the same time is when it's a big group scene. Because you're thinking about like, how are you covering? Right. Did I cover that? Am I? What's the best way to cover that? Who's on camera? And you have to have someone have your back, like watch your performance. Of course. You know, because you can't go back and watch everything with that you're in. You got to kind of trust yourself and trust the people that are watching you. Yes, but you know when you gave a good performance, right? I think so. I mean, I, there was times when it, there were times when I I directed in, and I remember uh, thinking it was good, and then well, it wasn't. the producers like, ah, your energy's just really low. And I'm like, that's because I haven't slept in two months. <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> and then I would do it again. You know, I needed somebody to have my back because right. I probably would have gone like, oh, that felt pretty good. Right. I was asleep, but I didn't realize it. What, so what did you direct? What I made this little raunchy comedy called Back in the Day. It was like 2013. It was like Swartzen, Marina Baccarin, Harlan Williams, a bunch oh, of people. It was it was fun. That's great. Yeah, it was in the middle of nowhere. And uh, great time in my life. But also I regret like i shouldn't have been the lead in it i would have enjoyed it much more if i was not the lead in it did you create did you write it yeah so you wrote it you're like i'm gonna direct this puppy yeah i'm gonna be in it and my brother kept saying you're jim you're fucking jim man you, you gotta, gotta be jim you gotta man. be jim i'm like fuck i wish i wouldn't listen to my brother he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about well stop listening to your yeah, brother stop listening to your grandmother and just I, live your life well you stopped <laughs> trying to appease everybody ken i did many years ago you just stopped. Yeah. You said, I'm not going to do this. I'm, a, And it's guilt that I feel when someone says, oh, yeah, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Or they text me. You don't always have to text back, right? You don't always have to send emails back. You don't. Have, I think that's my problem is I always have to just, <laughs> Ryan's looking at me like, but I always feel like I just have to make everybody happy still. And I got to fucking stop that. Uh, here's my thing about emails. I think that they're called emails. And so it's like mail. And so for me, mail sits on my fucking desk and I don't open it for, for months. So all of a sudden I got it. Like when people get mad at me for not responding to an email, I'm like, it's email. It's mail. It's mail. I don't look at it all the time. It's mail. Sometimes I don't look at it for like six months. It's like a Seinfeld bit. <laughs> this is genius. <laughs> now I say, if you want me, text me. And I see it. it's immediate. I'll respond. I'm going to start doing that. I don't know. I don't know if it's healthy, but that's what. But I, I always like to delete my emails right away. I like to make you, so there's not many there, mm -hmm. and I have folders, and they just go in those folders go, and they disappear yeah, pretty yeah. much. And then you never look at them again, but never you have those them. folders. But I have those folders. This is called shit talking. That's with Ken well. That's sort of that's sort of like uh, my the TV guides. Oh yeah, yeah. I just keep them, but I'm never going to look at them. Never going to look at them. Well, we looked at them today. We sure did. I'm very excited. It was a great gift. You brought gifts. You mm -hmm. brought coffee. Mm -hmm. Very strong coffee. This last segment is called Ken Marino. It's shit talking with Ken Marino. These are all my patrons, people who love the podcast, 
people who uh, give it extra to the podcast, uh, go to patreon.com slash inside of you if you want to join. It's awesome. But these are quick rapid fire. That means uh, you mean like answer quickly? You, you can. Don't have diarrhea of you, your mouth? You can. You can do whatever you want. Lee, well, uh, Emily asks, favorite role you've done so far in your career? The one role that you always go, that was my favorite role. I, 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 there's, there's, Too hard. Sophie's choice. I'll tell you some of them. Give me top three. Burning Love. Uh, uh, um, uh, burning Love, Wet Hot. Uh, oh, I mean, and Party Down. There you go. Three. I like that. Ron Donald, uh, Victor Pulak, and uh, Mark Orlando. Michelle K., who's your absolute favorite comedian you've worked with? I know that's hard, but like the one that you just go, God, I just fucking love that. Well, I mean, somebody I'm in awe of, like, and, and their sure. skills and their talents. I mean, you know, Danny McBride is, we just talked about him. He's, he, you know, I think he's incredibly special. He really is. Yeah. I love that guy. But I mean, I've worked with a lot of really incredible, funny people. Betsy D, how much fun did you have working on Axe Cop with Nick Offerman? I loved working on Axe Cop. I loved the original uh, uh, graphic novel, I guess you would call it. Uh, my son and I would read it together, and I was um, excited when they started doing it. And I reached out and I said, please, uh, can I you know, uh, 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 read for Axe Cop? And they're like, Nick Offerman's doing it. Um, but you can be a uh, flute cop. And I said, great. And then um, I would go into a studio and do the voice. So I never saw Nick when I was doing it. Um, but I know Nick and he's a he's a fantastic guy. Kelly, yes, is there a particular actor or actress that you would love to work with in the future that you haven't worked with? There's so many, so many people that I'd like to work with. I can't think of anyone in particular. I just want to keep working with really good people. Leanne P, what advice would you give yourself, a younger self? If you had to give advice to a younger self, what would it be? If you're talking you about go back in time. giving advice to my younger self yep. and my younger self wanted to be an actor? Just in, in, in general. Oh, okay. Well, oh, uh, no, um, no sudden movements. And um, stop looking for it and you'll find it. Stop looking for it and you'll find it. See, that's directly to me. Right, <laughs> That's what just happened. It just went right to me. Lastly, Joe Latruglio from um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. You yeah. guys have done tons of stuff with well, American uh, right. State. But he didn't, he didn't bring you anything. He didn't bring me shit. He didn't bring you he didn't, anything. Not a damn thing. He didn't bring you a coffee? Nothing. He didn't but bring he you did TV bring guys? Me. He did. No, no TV guys. From he the did, 70s and 80s? Nothing. He did bring me a story, though. And I love this story. Set it up. Go ahead. Tell me the story about when you're doing when you're doing the pot. You're doing a pilot, and Joe comes to see you. <laughs> and I don't know. I, I can't believe this happened, but it just the story killed me. I the, so after the state, uh, Joe and I came out here for pilot season. I had I had booked a pilot. It was called Housebroken. It was me. <laughs> it was three brothers who move into their parents' uh, uh, house um, because the parents retired and went to Florida, and so it was me. I was the bachelor. I was like the ladies' man. Um, Sean Astin and his wife, and I'm forgetting the woman's Love name. Sean Astin. But Sean Astin was like the, you know, uptight, like keeping everything organized. And Mark Ruffalo um, as the kind of wacky, <laughs> the wacky uh, brother. Like the. Good cast. Yeah. And we shot it. And my first scene, I, I, oh, maybe. And it's a live studio audience, right? 
Yeah, I think that this is it. Or it might have been, actually, might have been Men Behaving Badly. Now I'm fucked. But just go with this one. Anyway, so I asked Joe to come to the audience and and watch. And because Joe and I have, have worked on the state together, I come in and I do a scene. And that's all you told him to do is just sit there and watch. Yeah, just come to the show. No, but but then I come in and I do the first take of the scene. And it's a short little scene, my entrance. I come in, I say a couple things, and it's like a cold open or something. And they cut. And then I turned to Joe and I'm like, you know, while they're setting the cameras up. You again, looked at him like, you like, like it? I'm Funny? Like, I'm like, what do you, well, I'm, I, was, I was sort of asking like, good. Was it okay? Yeah. Yeah. I was right. like, was it all right? Yeah. And he goes, <laughs> he goes, he does like a turning of a knob. He's like down. He goes, turn it up. <laughs> he goes, he goes, no, he goes, <laughs> I'm sorry. The first thing he goes is he goes, Metze, metze. You know, he does that hand thing. He, like, goes, yeah. he goes, and I was like, uh, and I froze. <laughs> and I got inside my head, and I was like, oh, oh no. shit, what I did sucked. <laughs> and then, um, and then, and then, uh, I, I, um, <laughs> have given him shit about that. You've never invited that. him to a tape taping <laughs> you know, of your no, show again. He's no longer allowed. I mean, holy shit! I couldn't imagine. I'd get in my head if I looked at my friend like, like, oh, not bad. He's like, he's like, he's like, man. Turn it up just a little bit. You're okay. You're okay. Turn it up, dude. <laughs> Could be I worse. Could, I, I would. I would. Middle up. Middle I, I would freak. Oh my god. Well, this has been a real treat, man. My treat. I really Thank you. enjoyed this. You, you, you helped me in many ways. You, you, you've entertained in many ways. I'm excited about your colonoscopy tomorrow. We sang. We did. You sing. sang. We did. This has been a real treat. And, and Ryan was excited about you being on here. And he's not excited about a lot of guests. Oh, I was a huge party down fan. Oh, um, thank you, Ryan. No, I mean, I, I will. I just have to say, like, my favorite scene was, um, because like what you were saying about, uh, like comedy, like you, you playing it truthful is the best way to do it, and that is just like any anyone who teaches comedy will tell you that, like, you, it's not just saying the ridiculous thing; it's believing the ridiculous thing. Right. And Ron was just so that because every catering event was the most important it thing. Really, to, it really was. And my favorite one was the one when you did the the flag. It, the flag. The young, the the young, the young too. conservatives, young, young Republican, the young Republicans thing. <clears throat> and you, st- <laughs> because so because you got because Ron got put in charge of this like battle worn uh, American flag. Um, I think Josh was Josh Gad. Josh Gad was in it. Yeah. He gave it to you, and you were like, "This is the most important thing." And then Martin Starr's character got barbecue sauce on it. And, and then you, you put and in then the washer. You, like, you put in the washer. <laughs> all the colors ran, and just everything so was so all altruistic. And then it, the episode ends with you. Uh, pulling a flag, flag down in the parking lot and setting it on fire, and they're all watching in the and because you're trying to make it look like it did in the battle, yeah. and it was just and that like at that moment I was like, oh my god, this is one of the this is the funniest thing. Yeah, and, and it was talk so about good. A, a character that you like. It's, it's it's over the top in ways, but really, once you continue to watch it, it's not. It's so grounded in that's who that guy is, and he's got to keep everybody on their feet like what are you doing i told you not to go in the fucking room get out of the room what are you just like this he's wound up it's tight. all wound up yeah yeah and yeah. it works the more you watch it the more you get because you have to be that guy you have to i mean i've seen that guy anyway thank thanks. you for being thanks, on here guys. this is a real treat it was my treat i appreciate you inviting me yeah anytime you're always welcome especially yeah. if you bring treats uh always bring treats <laughs> all right thanks ken thank you Loved it. Guy makes me laugh. Knows how to make folks laugh. He's got a knack for it. That's for sure. Uh, I want to thank you guys again for listening. If you were here for Ken Marino, please subscribe. Make sure you subscribe. 
Uh, we're everywhere. Um, Apple, Stitcher, or Spotify. You can watch on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe. Tell all your friends. Our handles are at Inside Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Inside Pod on the Twitter. All the places. Mm-hmm. My God. If you haven't watched Party Down, please go watch it. Party Down. So There's only funny. two seasons. You can burn through it. and Burn through it. God, this guy's so funny. He is funny. Uh, and I will be in Denver October 30th and 31st with Tom Welling. You know, Clark Kent will be there signing autographs. So make sure you're in Denver, Colorado, October 30th and 31st. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, without my lovely patrons, which I always talk about, who I always talk about, I couldn't do this podcast. And uh, I'm going to give a shout out to all my top tiers right now. Uh, if you're a top tier, you get your name shouted out in the podcast. So uh, join Patreon, patreon.com slash inside of you. Hmm. That's right. That's right. Here we go. Nancy. D. Leah. S. Trisha. F. Sarah. V. Little. Lisa. U. Kiko. Jill. E. Brian. H. Mama. Lauren. G. Nico. P. <laughs> they didn't even give me a P. Uh. Jerry W. Robert B. Jason W. Apothean. Kristen K. Amelia O. Allison L. Raj C. Joshua D. Emily. S. C. J. P. Samantha M. Jennifer. D. N. N. Stacy L. Jen S. Jamal F. Janelle B. Carrie B. Tab of the 272. Not to be confused with. Tab of the 273. Kimberly E. Mike E. Eldon Supremo. 99 more. 99 more. Amira. Santiago M. Sarah F. Chad W. Leanne P. Janine R. Maya. P. Yes. Maddie S. Shannon D. Belinda N. Kevin V. James R. Chris H. Dave H. Spider-Man Chase. Sheila G. Brad D. Ray H. Hi, Ray. Hi, Tabitha T. Liliana A. Turd K. What was it again? <laughs> it yeah, Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson. Funny name. Michelle. Michael S. Talia M. Betsy D. Claire M. Laura L. Chad L. Rochelle. Nathan E. Marion. Meg K. Janelle P. Trav L. Dan N. Lorraine G. Carrie H. Veronica K. Big Stevie W. Kendall T. Angel M. Rhiannon C. Corey K. Super. Sam. Nice. Coleman. Uh, uh, coolers. G. G. Deb Nexon. Michelle A. Liz I. Is it just? A. Hi. Is I? I? Yeah. Are you sure it's an I? Yeah, it's got to yeah, be. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think they're, they're doing lowercase. Is there music playing? Yeah, the whole time. I don't think you'd hear that <laughs> you on the podcast, hear. right? Jeremy C, Andy T, Cody R, Sebastian K, Gavinator, Ann H, David C, Elliot M, John B, Brandy D, Yavor, Camille S, Bano, Bono, Bano, The C. Joey M, Willie F, Christina E, Adelaide N, Jeffrey M, Bridget A, Omar. What's up, Omar? I think that's an L. Lena N and Design OTG. Here, look at this. Right here, look. Hmm. I'm telling you that's an L because if you look at Michelle, there's an L. Well, it would be a capital L. But it wouldn't. You why think it would be? Why would, the rest of the letters are capital. So that's Omar I then. That's all I have to say about that. Please let him know. Thank you so much for tuning in week in, week out. It makes me feel real good. Whether you love the guest, whether you don't know the guest, stay tuned. You'll learn something. I sure as hell do. Uh, from the Hollywood Hills in California, I'm Michael Rosenbaum. I'm Ryan Tejas. And uh, we love you. little wave to the camera. And uh, thank you all for allowing me to be inside of you and have a glorious week. Be good to yourselves, all right? You got to be good to yourselves. All right, we'll talk to you. 
welcome to Talkville. The Ultimate Smallville Rewatch Podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did. And they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.